This Week in Startups is brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. For over 35 years, Silicon Valley Bank has helped thousands of tech and life science companies plan for the future. Learn more at svb.com slash next. Silicon Valley Bank, built for what's next. Main Street, founders, you're owed over $50,000 by the IRS. Main Street gets it back for you in 20 minutes. Get back your cash at mainstreet.us slash twist. And Masterworks, the first company allowing investors exposure into the blue chip artwork asset class. Skip the 5,000 person wait list by going to i.masterworks.io slash twist. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another This Week in Startups. I'm your host, Jason Calacanis, and this is a podcast where we talk to founders and investors and thinkers, journalists, everybody in the entrepreneurial and tech space who is looking to drive the human species forward with cool products, services, companies, startups, if you will. And today will be no different. Uh, If you look at what's happened during this pandemic, there is perhaps no category that I can think of that's been hit harder than travel and hospitality. Airlines, hotels are crushed because who in their right mind would want to get on a silver tube with a hundred other people breathing some amount of recycled air? Who knows exactly how dangerous it is to be on an airline? on a flight. Um, Maybe people are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. But it's clearly something that I'm not interested in doing uh, until we get through this pandemic, to be totally honest. And another trend had occurred even prior to the pandemic, which is people like to get outside. They like to do that forest bathing. They like to get out there and camp. And we had hip camp on the podcast, among other people, uh, following this trend with products and services, again, that delight customers and empower them to do interesting things with their free time and travel. And when I saw this next company, Cabana, I was enamored. And my friend David Sachs had invested in the company and introduced me to the founder. And I just thought, wow, I have been watching the van life hashtag on Instagram and other places and been enamored with candidly people driving up and down the coast and across the country and going to the amazing parks, uh, national parks we have here in America. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea for a company. Of course, um, then Cabana.life, you can go check it out, came out with a fleet of vehicles that allow you for about 200 bucks a night to rent a van, a conversion van that has a bed and a bathroom and cooking equipment and all that great stuff. So you too can go uh, live that great outdoor lifestyle. Full disclosure, we have invested in this company. Not only have I, uh, but our syndicate at thesyndicate.com has invested in this company. And we're very pleased uh, to have made that investment because we think this uh, idea has legs. Welcome to the program, Scott Kubli. Uh, Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Uh, Well, thanks for having me on the cap table as well. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Tell everybody, um, what was your inspiration for starting Cabana? Mm -hmm. And then... How is it going? Because I know that there's been some great news about uh, the initial fleet being sold out. So take that in whichever order you like. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the genesis of the idea was really I was tra- I was working for Lime uh, before Cabana, and I was on the, the road, scooter company, the scooter micro company. mobility company. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I was working there. I was on the road probably eighty percent of the time, and I was actually down in Sydney, Australia, 
uh, for work and I was sitting at a friend who I hadn't seen him in about 10 years and I was sitting at his dinner table and we were just, you know, I had a really early morning flight uh, and so I was looking at maybe getting three to four hours of sleep mm. and a pretty long Uber ride back to my hotel and I, I remember just saying like, oh my God, I wish my hotel were right outside your house or there was some way to bring all of my stuff. Mm. So, I could stay at your house. Yeah. And so, then we opened another bottle of wine and we started mm. riffing about what that would look like. I got even less sleep. We started talking about like, could you do it before you had autonomous vehicles? How would it change after you had autonomous vehicles? And, you know, what would the form factor look like? Mm. And, you know, so then went back, forgot about it for a few months. And then I was at, as I was leaving Lyme trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, you know, the idea kind of came back to me and I, actually forgot the origin until my friend reminded me uh, the origin of it and kind of worked on it in secret. Uh, my wife was not really excited about me doing another startup. So, this is like <laughs> my version of cheating on my wife. It's like yeah. working on a startup without telling her. Uh, and then, Honey, I have to tell you something. Exactly. Um, no, so then, I've been doing something on the side. It's exactly. a startup. Yeah, and she, <laughs> I mean, she was great. No, she's, she was basically like, yeah, it's the only thing that I can see that's making you happy and interesting you about work. So, right. do it, find a side hustle, set a deadline for raising money and you can do it. And so, that's kind of like the, the origin story. Uh, and how it's going, I mean, it's been going really great. I mean, September, uh, which is wrapping up, we're, you know, 85, 86% occupied. Our room wow. rates up to over $230 a night. Uh, you know, an 85, 86% occupancy, you know, that is like approaching kind of like the practical limit because we have to take cars out or vehicles out for maintenance. Got it. You know, sometimes people drop it off on a Tuesday, pick it up on a Wednesday, but Explain really going well. what the 1.0 of the van is. Mm -hmm. What type of van is it? What is the experience like? Yeah. So, Basically, I mean, what is the experience like? It really like what we're shooting for, and I think what we're getting pretty darn close to is a hotel on wheels. So the idea is something super simple as all the amenities that you would get in a hotel room. So super comfortable bed, like eight inch memory foam mattress, television, Wi Fi, free Wi Fi instead of trying to upcharge you on it, mm. uh, and a full shower and toilet and sink, right? So that you can you know, get cleaned up. I'm 6'4", and I was kind of our design human, so it fits mm. me. And then it's got some social space so you and whoever you're traveling with can uh, sit down and have a glass of wine or a uh, can of beer. And all of that is fit in a uh, Ford Transit high-roof van that's about the length of a Chevy Suburban. So, it's a Ford Transit 250. Is that the model yep. number? Correct. Uh, so, that is a shell of a cargo van, basically. That's Ford's platform vehicle around the world for doing commerce, right? Like if you were a plumber or you're delivering, it's got the sliding doors on the side. It's got a nice high ceiling by default. And it's a really well-built, rugged shell of a vehicle. But you had to build everything inside of it, correct? You're doing that on your own custom. You're customizing the inside of these. No, that's exactly right. So it's, you know, everything from, you know, kind of like running all the wiring that we need, insulating it so that you can, you know, sleep in, you know, outside a ski resort in the middle of winter, all the way to, you know, kind of like finishing out so that the finishes, the fit and finish like befits kind of a hotel room. And those, I know those transit vans cost about $50,000. Um, so then you spend another 50 grand outfitting it or something in that uh, range? Our first set of vans, the first 10 vans that we built were uh, right around 100K. Great. 
uh, to build out. And then the next uh, batch of ants that we're currently building, same model, same build out uh, is coming in at around 80. Oh, okay. So you got some economies of scale building the 20th or 30th one is a little bit cheap. Exactly. Exactly. And we think we can bring the cost down to probably 65 to 70 before we get into like, you know, really modular production. Let's talk about the water system in there. You said it's got a bathroom with a shower and a toilet. Yep. That to me seems incredible in such a small footprint. How much water is stored in the vehicle? How long of a shower can you take? And then how many times can you reasonably use the bathroom? I don't want to get too graphic here. Yeah, but yeah, no, this is I, like... I was curious about that. Like, and, and then if you were on a road trip, how would you get the water out and evacuate the toilet? Yeah, no, that's great. So uh, you can basically, we have 45 gallons of fresh water storage, and then we have okay. 45 gallons of gray water storage. So that's basically the, the shower, you know, runs the shower system. And then the toilet has about five gallons of water storage or waste storage. So right now you can get on the order of about 80 minutes of shower time in the van. Yeah. So uh, we're constantly looking at what is the limiting factor in terms of allowing you to go off grid. And so we put like kind of a regulator in the shower head Mm -hmm. that gives us a ton of range. The toilet right now, if you have two people traveling and assuming that everything is going well, you know, with yep. your with your diet, you probably get <laughs> four to five days off grid. Uh, what happens at that point is you can basically take it to anywhere you know that you can service an RV, and you can just dump it out yourself uh, and refill the water. If you don't fill it up, you know, before say you're on a shorter trip or you don't fill the whole thing up, we take care of it for you uh, it. at the end of your trip. So you you basically, if you're taking a shorter trip, it's no must, no fuss. We take care of everything. All right, when we get back from this quick break, thank you for letting us know about you got a couple of days of showers, a couple of days of using the bathroom. Yep. You can then serve it yourself if you go to a RV hookup station, which there are plenty of them around, and have that changed out and, and keep going, keep on trucking, as it were. Uh, when we get back from this quick break, I want to understand what the legalities of these are and are I'm obviously going on a campground and paying to be at a campground is a no brainer and that's well established. I'm curious, what is the experience of people parking on the street, i.e. if I were to drive this to LA, could I just park on the street in LA somewhere and sleep? And is that the intended purpose to compete with uh, hotel rooms heads up in major cities? Let's talk about that when we get back on This Week in Startups. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. What's next? What if? Are we ready? Now what? These are the questions that can keep founders up at night, and no one understands this quite like our friends at Silicon Valley Bank. For over 35 years, Silicon Valley Bank has helped thousands of high-growth companies by providing scalable financial solutions along with insights and expertise that many other banks just can't. From healthcare to hardware, software to infrastructure, Silicon Valley Bank works with companies across the innovation landscape at all stages of the journey, anticipating their needs before they do. And by providing access to insights and in-depth reports, SVB can help you make more informed decisions and assist in turning your great idea into a great business, which could be why 50% of US-based venture-backed tech and life science companies bank with SVB. Will your business be next? Learn more at svb.com slash next. Silicon Valley Bank, built for what's next. 
We're back on This Week in Startups with Scott Kubley from Cabana. You can check out cabana.life to see their $200 a night rentable vans that have a bed, a shower, a bathroom, and a stove. And, in a, and it's incredibly well laid out. It's like a, a really modular micro home on wheels for only $235 a night, I think is the official price. Is that right? Yep. And are you doing surge pricing or is it just going to be like set it and forget it 235 a night? Uh, right now, it's just 235 a night. Uh, you know, we anticipate that we'll get more to a hotel pricing model down the road. And do what's the average number of nights people have been renting it for? This service uh, has been out for a couple of months now. Yeah, it's about four and a half to five. Uh, right. A little longer in the summer, a little shorter in the winter. Got it. So people are weekend warriors or maybe taking it for a week. Yeah. Um, to my question before the break. I'm curious, we here in Silicon Valley are seeing uh, people with mm -hmm. RVs parking on the street up and down El Camino Real. Uh, from what I understand, t professors at Stanford were staying in RVs because there was an inability to pay for housing in the Bay Area because of prices and people were parking their RVs. And when I lived in LA and Marina Del Rey and Santa Monica, there were these weird side streets where you'd see RVs parked permanently and people were obviously living in them. Mm -hmm. What are the basic regulations of parking an RV or a van and sleeping in it overnight? Uh, you know, in a city, it's really varies jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So here in Seattle, where we started, it's completely legal to sleep in a well-maintained vehicle. Uh, and so, you know, if you want to get like the million dollar view, you can absolutely get it. You don't have to worry about getting uh, hassled if you're parking, a, you know, mm -hmm. about parking illegally. I've stayed in San Francisco, you know, three or four nights when I brought down the vehicle to show to David and a couple other investors. Stayed down in the financial district one night, uh, in the hate another, in the outer sunset visiting a friend. No problems. Generally speaking... Can get a little loud. You might have... The hate? It didn't get a little loud on no, hate street? I, I might have had too much to drink. So, okay. I, wa I walked back to my van from the happy hour. To be clear, to be clear I walked back, yeah. Yes. Uh, and it was plenty quiet. You so, can sleep drunk in a van. You just can't, can't drive the van drunk. Correct. That is yes, yes, 100%. Uh, no, so every city is a little bit different. Uh, I think LA, it's legal in some places, not in others. And it varies like when they renew the legislation. That it. makes it so. But generally, you're good to park on the street. Yeah. Is there any best practice around that in terms of security? I, and yeah. I mean, my thing would be like draw your curtains, right? Yeah. So that, you know, it's people can't see a light on coming in from the outside. That's for your privacy and theirs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't park in front of somebody's front door, right? Like if you're, you know, if there's a side street that doesn't yeah. have a front door on it, park there. If there's a park across the street, park next to the park. Basically, don't take somebody's parking space if yes. they're, you know, as if they're a resident and you're generally going to be okay. Uh, you know, if you're staying in a place just a night or two, nobody's going to notice you until you're gone. Right. And mm. these vehicles are really well maintained. They, they look, look professional. Good. And so, you know, generally speaking, wherever you are, you know, you're not, you're not going to get complaints from the neighbors is what we have found. And do they have like the logo of, or they are they do. just plain? Uh, it's a subtle branding, but it does have the logo on it. Yeah. And the, and the brand name. And so are people actually using them in cities as opposed to using a hotel room? Because I always dreamed when I was on a budget, it would be very cool when you used to come to Silicon Valley and I would go up and down Santo Road, you had to have a rent-a-car and a hotel. Yep. 
Rent a car was a hundred and change a day. Hotel was two hundred and change a day. Exactly. You put those two together, you're at four or five hundred uh, for the day. And here you're two thirty five. You're basically cutting your costs in half. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's exactly the vision, right? Is like you have like the ultimate flexibility. You can move around without checking in or checking out of hotel rooms. Um, and what we found pre COVID, we had about 50% of our travelers or customers were locals and 50% were people coming in from out of town. Those people coming in from out of town, I would say about two thirds of them were using it to stay in the city at least one night. Uh, we've had people use it for Thanksgiving, like the spare bedroom when the in-laws come in town. Ah, very we've smart. Had people, or that are planning on using it for that per kind of like their inquiries to us. We've had people use it as a spare bedroom for quarantining when they're visiting relatives. Uh, you know, so we've, we had one guy who rents an Airbnb, who has an Airbnb-based uh, bed and breakfast, who actually rented one so he could park it in his driveway so he could rent out a room in his, in his Airbnb. Ah. Right, right. Because <laughs> he's probably getting more yeah. than two thirty-five for his place. Yeah. So you get the arbitrage between yeah. uh, those two things. And so, who is the customer today? Uh, and I know it's early days. You've got mm -hmm. what uh, we're here in September of twenty twenty. You've got two dozen of these, three dozen of these on the road. How many have we, on the road? And what's the early adopter look like for you? Yeah, we have ten on the road, and we have twenty-four more, twenty-five more on the way. Uh, That'll be uh, opening a few new markets. Uh, so early customer is, I would say, generally 25 to 45, trending to the early 30s. Usually couples, about 50-50 male, female. Mostly people that have never done this before. Uh, Interesting. And so, you know, it's people that probably wouldn't use a more traditional RV. They're not like the hardcore dirtbag climbers or, you know, mountain bikers. They want like an elevated experience, but they want to get out into nature mm. uh, because we've basically seen gone from 50-50 locals, tourists to 95% locals who are just using it to get out of town. Ah, that's fascinating. So, you're only operating in Seattle right now, correct? Yep, correct. And so, you would think it might be people coming into Seattle, then taking it, doing a business trip, and then maybe doing a little off-roading. Yep. But instead, it's the people who are in Seattle who are doing a weekend away or a long weekend away and trying to get a road trip under their belt. Exactly. And that's, I, you know, it's funny because when we first started, we were absolutely like going after kind of hotel replacement, the leisure traveler that's trying to do like a business trip and then some climbing or, you know, whatever. What did you call that? Leisure, business leisure. leisure. It's a portmanteau. Uh, so yeah, but what we found is like really like COVID. Wait, business leisure travel. Yep, exactly. So this is like a thing that people actually do. Wow, it leisure is an actual term. There it is. Leisure travel. B l e i s u r e travel is a portmanteau. I guess a portmanteau is a combination of words. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a portmanteau is a large trunk or suitcase or a word blending the sounds and combining the meaning of two others. For example, motel from motor and hotel. Got it. Or brunch or breakfast. I didn't know what a portmanteau was. But I'm actually now, this is why you should listen to this week. It's all right. You now have learned <laughs> two buzzwords for your dinner party. A portmanteau is actually one of those suitcases that had all the different, um, you know, equal parts. Uh, it's like one of the ones that folds up. Did you know that's a portmanteau as well, Scott? I did not know that was the origin, but I love that all of the examples are travel related. Yes, a portmanteau is a word, uh, and listen to my words, but 
It is also a large trunk or suitcase, typically made of stiff leather and opening into two equal parts. So you know when you open those and it would be like yeah. a bunch of liquor bottles on one side and you know, like the cocktail yeah. equipment on the other. It's that's a portmanteau. I love it. That's interesting. I did not know that. I just yeah. The portmanteau is a lost art. You know, I feel like it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, so what I love about it is it when COVID hit, we were doing well before COVID. You know, yeah. we had done a soft launch. We had every single booking we had cancel. And it was <gasps> really scary. It was quite scary. That's pretty scary. Right. So you know, we did a lot of belt trimming or belt tightening and things like that. But then, you know, it started taking off and it like flipped from tourists where we were trying to trying to uh, get into this urban hotel replacement to locals that are trying to get out of town. And it really like causes light bulb to go off on my head, which is basically, you know, what we're offering is just flexible lodging wherever you want it, right? Mm. Whenever you want it. And you can use it for whatever you need to use it for. Mm. And right now, people are using it to, you know, take road trips. We've had somebody, you know, we've had folks go all the way to Michigan or Austin, Texas to visit relatives because they don't wow. want to drive. They don't want to fly anymore. Uh, that makes total sense. I mean, in a pandemic, the mm -hmm. fear is not your hotel room because we've gotten pretty close to understanding that contact, you know, with surfaces and stuff like that is a very hard way uh, yep. or it's a very low risk activity according to everything uh, I've read. Mm -hmm. um, but the high risk activity would be being in a closed space with somebody, i.e. an elevator or a hallway is almost the definition of that. And then being in a hotel that has recirculated air, that's the big killer is recirculated air. So this is like a hotel room with no lobby, no elevator and no exactly. recycled air. Yeah. And even on the surfaces front, like we disinfect between every visit we actually blast it with uvc light mm. uh you know Smart. basically anything that we can do to you know minimize risk all right when we get back from this break i want to understand the economics of the business i've invested in because you and i haven't <laughs> gone too deep into this even though i'm an investor uh but doing a quick back of the envelope math if you were to rent this thing for 300 days or so a year which seems uh, possible if not probable but even 250 Mm -hmm. uh, 250 times $100 would be 25000 a year in revenue. $200 would be 50000 in revenue. So yeah. it seems to me that these can do 50000 in revenue. They cost eighty. There is a business here. I want to understand the economics of how this scales and how to scale mm -hmm. uh, an asset-heavy business like yours when we get back on This Week in Startups. If you're a founder, the IRS owes you some serious cash. Now, we're not telling you to go full Tony Soprano and break their kneecaps, but the only thing stopping you from claiming your cash is much worse. Paperwork. Yeah, you got to do all this paperwork to get that money back. Well, that's where Main Street comes in. They are experts at getting you the biggest possible slice of the billions the IRS sets aside each year to encourage and support startups. It takes only 20 minutes and they grab all the data directly from your payroll system and they save startups an average of $51,000 in just the first month. Plus, they'll keep fighting for you after you onboard, qualifying you against hundreds of tax credits every month for free. They only get paid when you win your cash back. They win startups more money every day than I invested in Uber. That's right. Sandbox VR got back to 82,000. Italic got back 124,000. It really is that simple. Onboard, wait, and get cash. Sometimes things that sound too good to be true can be good and also true. They're trusted and backed by the best in Silicon Valley. Product Hunt's Ryan Hoover, who's been on the 
a program as an investor, Shrug Capital is an investor, Gradient's an investor, Rock Conway's, uh, SV Angel's an investor. They are the real deal. And Twist listeners can get 25% off their fees for life by visiting MainStreet.us slash twist, MainStreet.us slash twist. For more details and a priority onboarding with somebody on their team, go ahead and check out MainStreet.us slash twist. Welcome back to This Week in Startups. I love having a company we've invested in on the pod because I get to explain my thesis to you, uh, my listeners. And one of the great things, great joys in my life has been able, is being able to share my deal flow at the syndicate.com. Now you have to be an accredited investor to be part of that, um, which means you're in the top 5% of earners in the United States, but that's going to change. The SEC is working on expanding the definition of accredited investors. Uh, Scott, you've announced the round that we invested in or not? Or we're we announcing not. It? We're, we're literally doing it right now. Okay. So I invested some money in the company. What did I invest? And I did the last round. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between you and, and the, syndicate. the syndicate, I think it's around 700K between okay, the first so round. So, about 700K in. Yep. And this was uh, a seed plus or a seed yeah, extension? Yeah, basically, we did a, a 3.625 seed. Uh, and then we did uh, extension that was, I guess, what would it 1.175 in right. equity. And then. Uh, we closed a $2.3 million debt financing or equipment ah, financing round. So that gets us to our discussion here about the scary nature of investing in a hardware business for me yeah. as an investor. Um, yep. Obviously, we have Cafe X or Density, a hardware business, where mm -hmm. we've had some um, startups that didn't make it like Butterfly and Birdie, the smoke detector and the camera company. So we've got our scar tissue with hardware companies, and we know how challenging it is. You have a very asset-heavy business. How does okay. one um, convince... A world-class investor like David Sachs to uh, be involved in investing in this when people hate hardware businesses and they hate uh, things that are asset heavy. The asset here being this $80,000 van that you have to buy as opposed to just building software. Like, couldn't you have made a marketplace of vans that you could rent as opposed to actually owning the vans, right? Uber doesn't own the cars famously or mm -hmm. Airbnb doesn't famously own theirs. Why did you choose to own your vans and own that experience? Well, what we wanted to do was own the experience. I, th I think that puts the, hits the nail right on the head, which is, you know, there are marketplaces out there for vehicles and, you know, and housing. I just had a really horrible Airbnb experience this week. Uh, oh, really? What happened? Uh, like, well, the, the listing didn't meet expectations. There was like rat droppings and, Ooh. you know, it wasn't clean. There was a leaky roof, a smoke detector that wouldn't turn off. Did you, you just know. bounce? Did you just leave? Oh, no. I mean, it was, uh, everything grew on itself. It was a pretty big space. So we kept huh. finding problems. Uh, oh my Lord. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to basically control the end to end experience and make it, uh, a really elevated experience, which I don't think you can do with a marketplace. Mm. I think there's all sorts of different kinds of businesses that you can build. Um, and I think from building an asset heavy business, I mean, right now, you know, to get started, yeah, we own the vans. Uh, but longer term, like our big challenge is how do we get more capital efficient? And that can mm. be, you know, equipment financing it can be you know a franchise or license model it can be you know a mm. consignment model so there's all sorts of different ways that we can get asset light uh what we want to do is like first and foremost like basically get our unit economics dialed right so you mentioned you know 50 60 grand a month or a year per vehicle 
And is that then, right? Am I am I nailing yeah, it right there? It's ballpark. About? Yeah, ballpark. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the unit economics, basically, you're running a hotel. That's mm. basically what we're doing is we're running a hotel. Uh, if you're building a hotel, you know, you're building like a boutique hotel in a downtown, you're spending three to $500,000 per room. We're building them for 80, right? Uh, ah, so that's an interesting way to look at it. You have yeah. shaved off 80%, no, yeah. 70% of the cost of building a room. So you're doing it for one fifth, maybe, or something yeah. like that. One yeah, fourth. Exactly. Yeah. The cost. Call, it, call it fourth or fifth. And then uh, instead of taking two to three years to get a COP, uh, certificate, of, certificate of occupancy, you're getting them, you, you know, you can get them built like right now where they're hand built versus, you know, really dialing mm -hmm. our supply chain. It's two, three weeks per van to get it built, right? Versus three years. Wow. So it's faster to the market. Uh, you can build them one at a time instead of 50 to 100 units at a time, right? Mm -hmm. So that's better and then they're mobile and so if the market tanks you can move or if you have a lot of seasonality in a market you can move them where the demand is and so you can opt optimize your occupancy the unit economics big drivers are room rate vacancy rate or occupancy rate and then your capex right mm. and then well it's then also staffing too right like at a hotel you have this whole staff so you've yeah. also swapped out having to have uh a concierge and a lobby staff and a bellhop yeah. and all that stuff yeah i mean i don't like I, I you know i feel like i don't want to like give away all the secret sauce and like yeah. tell people how easy it is because it's really hard and we no, started it's hard. i mean you're gonna have to also maintain these vans yeah there's gonna be accidents things are gonna get damaged i mean uh, oh yeah i was this is a mobile toilets. hotel room so that adds a whole different level the, the hotel rooms you can keep an eye on them right yeah you... oh and to dissuade any would-be competitors i did clean toilets on my front porch for six months while we were getting up <laughs> and off the ground so yeah. lest but, anybody want to take on this business it's exactly. going to be brutally hard i yes. mean i knew this is going to be a hard execution business business when I invested. Um, and as long as the founder is up for that, then it's fine with me, right? This is, you yeah. know, this is going to be an operationally intense and you worked at Lime. So there must've been some yeah. lessons from Lime. What lesson did you learn in the micro mobility space? Um, and do I you mean, think those micro mobility companies are going to ultimately be profitable and work? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that's I a long know. pause, Scott. That's a, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know. I was, no. the, what I liked about this business. How about I focus on what I like about this business? Yes. Well, no, it's uh, also, but also the lessons from Lime. I mean, yeah, the, the scooter companies, I, they have challenging unit economics, right? They do. And so what I really like about this business is there's a lot of similar muscle memory and technology mm -hmm. and things like that, user flow and whatnot. What I, it's, very capital intensive, as you mentioned, but from an operational standpoint, like there's a lot of details that are much more intense here, but there are some that are way easier. Mm. And what I like about it is that I think the barrier to entry is higher. And mm. I think your, your success is predicated more on execution than, uh, than capital availability. So when I look at like a Lyme bird fight, it's really about like your customers are competing for price and pro on, on, they're choosing based on price and proximity, right? And to to a, a much lesser degree quality, and with a you know a average transaction of three or four dollars, right? It's pretty hard to dip, to create an experience that you know people are going to choose you, uh, even if they have to walk a little further. Whereas you know our average transaction is you know thousand to twelve hundred dollars, mm. right? And so we really, really can focus on high quality execution and it actually matters. Yeah. 
Uh, and so that's that to me, a lot of the lessons learned are kind of on the operational side, but then, you know, the lessons to unlearn are you really, really have to focus on the consumer experience and you can't, you know, everything needs to work. Mm. Uh, and so when you're uh, turning over the vehicle, what is that process like? And where do you keep them? Like, there are, there's been this thing where you like, leave the cars and people come up to them and they mm -hmm. open them with an app with for get around or, you know, zip cars and stuff like that. Is that the plan here is to have them in a central location? Or to have them living in a bunch of remote locations, have a remote cleaning crew go? Or yes. how, how do you handle all that? And how do you think about the drop off pickup kind of scenario? No, it's, a, it's, uh, it's, kind of that distributed hardware model. Mm -hmm. And we basically, right now, uh, we basically have a, a box truck that serves as a room cart and we just drive between the vans and turn them over. And the, mm. the box truck's filled with all the things that you need to do to turn over, you know, six to seven rooms a day. Ah, so you can drive up to the car and you can exactly. change the water and your box car has water in it? Water, wastewater, Got it. bedding, wow. you know, sundries, uh, you know, kitchens, tableware, like everything in the back of a box truck. And we can turn a room in about 45 minutes. Wow. That's absolutely uh, fantastic. Now, what about, you know, the thing I was attracted to with this business was there are some times when I think you've got a great business and people Thank just you. sort of taking these on the road and you know, that kind of business, the weekends, the staycations, or having people at your house, you need an extra room, I get it. The thing I was fascinated about was if you could get to 10,000 of these rooms, mm -hmm. let's say, and you had a 1000 of them that were mobile, when there is a festival like Coachella, mm -hmm. or there is a conference like Salesforce, you could ship these 1000 incremental units to a location like you probably wouldn't want to take them to Burning Man, because they're gonna get pretty beat up. Yeah. But you could take them to Coachella, uh, with permission and park them uh, in a Coachella-like situation. And Coachella could rent them for $500 a night and have on camping, on campground, you know, sort of pop-up hotel. And you could monetize it for an even greater amount. I'm curious about your plans for mobile swarming hotel rooms when we get back on This Week in Startups. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about an amazing new website, masterworks.io. This is the first company that allows any type of investor, whether you're a retail investor or accredited, you guys know the definition there, um, to gain exposure into the blue chip artwork asset class. Many of you are saying, hey, I'd love to be in art, but I don't know how to buy a painting. Well, masterworks.io takes care of that for you. I even had the founder, Scott Lynn, on the podcast back in July on episode 1087. You should go watch that. It's fascinating to think that art has appreciated so much over the decades, and it's really hard to get exposure to that asset class. Well, this is Scott's genius. He created essentially a syndicate where you as an individual can buy shares in an amazing Picasso or a Warhol or a Basquiat any of these amazing artists. And the appreciation has been 8% to 30% annually. You can look all this up online. Well, how does it work? It's very simple. Masterworks buys a painting and then it sells shares to investors. Just like Netflix or Uber sell shares to investors or Tesla, they sell a portion of that uh, piece of art to you, the individual retail investor. And when that painting sells, you will receive a portion of the proceeds or you can trade your shares in the platform. So now there's a secondary market where if I bought 
you know, Picasso's and you bought the Warhol, I could sell you some shares in mine. You could sell me some shares in yours. And there are 5,000 people on the wait list right now. But fear not, Twist listeners can skip to the front of the line as it should be by going to i.masterworks.io slash twist. It's very cool. The bottom line is you're going to be able to diversify your portfolio by investing in an asset class that is not correlated with the stock market. Art is on its own trajectory that's different historically than the stock market. And you can get in on it by going to i, the letter i, dot masterworks.io slash twist. And you'll skip the 5,000 person waiting list. Okay, great job, Masterworks. And let's get back to this amazing episode. Welcome back to This Week in Startups. I'm your host, Jason Calacanis. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jason or Instagram at Jason or jason.tumblr.com. If you still use that, I don't. Um, my guest today, Scott Kubli. He is S-K-U-B-L-Y on the Twitter. He is the CEO and co-founder of Cabana, which you can visit at cabana.life. They have vans in Seattle right now that you can rent for 200 and change a night and have an amazing experience. And soon you will be in another city? Couple other cities. Couple of other cities coming soon. How do yep. you think about picking the second city? Are we going to announce a second city here? Uh, we will be, I mean, it's on our website. So we're going to be launching a couple California cities uh, okay. uh, in the late fall. Late fall? Yeah. So and LA, when, how do you think about LA, California? LA is yeah. a no, no brainer. Yeah. LA, San Francisco, San Diego all seem kind of like no brainer markets. I think sure. you. You probably have seasonal markets as well, uh, mm. you know, or smaller markets like you'd easily see a Tahoe market, Sacramento. I For mean, sure. Yeah. So, and then also you could, do you allow people to drive it somewhere and then pay you a fee to bring it back? So if I wanted to drive, you know, from San Francisco to San Diego and hit the San Diego Zoo and, and, and go to Legoland, but then I wanted to drop the van off and, you know, uh, stay Fly there back. or something. Is yeah. that... Has have people requested that yet? Uh, we've had a fair number of people request it yet. We just haven't been able to satisfy it yet because yeah. we, you know, we can't make that work until we're a little, little bigger scale. But that's yeah. absolutely on the roadmap. And what about picking people up at the airport? See, I think that could be a huge unlock if I could just say for a hundred dollars, pick me up at the airport with the van. Exactly. That would be killer. Can you imagine? You get to LAX and you just you get picked up in your van. You put your bags in, and that's it. And then you, when you get dropped off, the person's waiting there to pick up the van again. <gasps> yeah, that's kind of the vision is basically to have it exactly where you want it, when you want it. Oh, so uh, good. Yeah. And so, you know, we're not there yet. Like concierge is going to take, you know, a little bit to get to. We want to figure out, like, we want to make beds really, really well and mm. clean vans really, really well before mm. we start trying to, you know, ratchet up the, the, the complexity of the operations. What about this idea of the swarming hotel for places that need an extra... 500 rooms, an extra 1,000 rooms for the Super Bowl, and you could take over a, a Costco parking lot and have the central water truck going and cleaning things yeah. out on demand. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, so I shared a little bit of the origin story with uh, my trip to Australia, but the other was when I was commuting from Seattle to San Francisco for Lyme, I was basically staying in the Tenderloin uh, every single week. What? Uh, you crazy? Why? Because they had a budget? Uh, uh, well, I you a masochist, uh, you crazy? Yeah, a little bit of both, uh, <laughs> all of the above. No, I mean, I just like, I don't know. I like, I view it as a badge of honor to see how cheap I can like stay. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. be a hero. Yeah. Corporate account. Don't be a hero. Yeah. You know, this is like, I started like when they were, uh, like a series B and so, oh, you gotcha. know, 
Yeah, it's a little smaller company. Tenderloin is crazy. I would not, I'm going to go ahead and say, please do not park your cabana life van in the Tenderloin as an investor. I'm not sure if you're going to survive that. But what about, have you? Yeah, no, I mean, I would see Dreamforce. You could basically map conferences by room rate. And so like Dreamforce rolls around and your $120 hotel in the Tenderloin goes to $450 a night if it's still available, right? And so that was kind of this genesis of you can surge supply and demand, whether it's to a Dreamforce or a Coachella or South by Southwest or a NASCAR event or a Super Bowl or like a Big yes. Ten football game on a Sunday, a Saturday rather. Uh, and so how do you think about an extended cab product? Because I noticed you've picked like the, what I think the 250 is like a midsize yeah. conversion. But there are larger conversion vans that go a little bit wider. Have you thought about putting like a table in the middle and, you know, two more captain's chairs and and making an XL version of this? Yeah. So we do have a table in there now. Uh, But yeah, we're working on what we call our family van. And Ah. it's basically going to be a four passenger van, uh, generally four passengers for, you know, uh, kids that are you know preteen, yep. younger, right, or like probably so one two adult. beds. There'll be a second bed set up. You can yep, pull exactly. out of the couch or something. It'll be slightly longer, right, mm. but not too much longer. About twenty inches longer than the existing in the same width. And basically, like that's the that that's I think one of our big uh, one of the pieces of our secret sauce is I think we have really really amazing design mm. and are really really creative about how we use the space. So basically, we're gonna we're gonna have one of the beds drop out of the ceiling. Sweet. And one of the beds sort of like where it currently is. And then you'll have a second row of seating. We'll keep the shower, keep the bathroom, all of that stuff. Yeah. And you can park. These are only 10 feet tall, right? You can get into most garages or not? Uh, Not garages. So, yeah, they're about Mm -hmm. 10 and a half feet of clearance. So, most garages are in the seven, six to eight foot range. So, surface lots only. And like definitely look for bridge heights. Ah, there are some bridges that this yeah, wouldn't make it. not too many. Mostly, not too, I mean, many. not too many. Like I think there's one in like the or a couple in the Seattle area that are problems. Got it. Um, and so, what what do you think the eventuality of this business is, and what are you going to need to get there? Obviously, this financing is great because you can mm-hmm. you can what spread the payments out for one of these for five years? Uh, not quite yet, like three years, but three years. Yeah. And then, what do you think the duty cycle is? Three years. Three to five. Three to yeah, five. and then I think we offload, we sell them as used vehicles. So we've already had a fair number of our customers inquire about buying them. The yes. builders that we use have already started taking orders for them, uh, a few orders for the exact model. Oh, so your builder will sell them directly to people. Yeah, That's I mean, this is like the, the tough part about being a startup is like you're not negotiating from, you know, a great point of leverage when you start. So yeah, yeah. our original builder is able to, able to sell them, but long term, we're going to own, we're going to own that as well. Yeah. I was about to say, I would love to get one of these for 80 grand or 90 grand. Um, And and so, have you gotten any of these deals yet for uh, an event yet? uh, Not yet. I mean, we're small enough uh, and like there's no events going on right now. It was Ah, interesting. I was talking to somebody that is with Golden Voice, which I think is the the company that does Coachella. And his observation, when he saw the van... uh, his t- observation was like, actually, it's for the talent. He's like, uh-huh. you know, you know, you're on a tour bus with a bunch of different people. This is like your own hotel room, right next so to much the better. tour bus, right? So I yes. think there's a lot of different, lot of different avenues that we can pursue as we start to scale. Yeah, for sure. 
And you, is it too cheap right now at two thirty five a night? I thought the uh, pricing was too cheap, but I, I don't know. And do you do a weekly? We don't do a weekly. Yeah, it's two thirty five a night. It, so we started at two hundred dollars, and that was definitely too cheap. And so we started raising our prices uh, to two thirty five, and our bookings actually started going up. Uh, you know, that's we what I was thinking. Is like it's a little bit too cheap, and it would make me think that it's not going to be a great experience. I feel like it needs to be three hundred dollars a night is the right price. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna. I mean, we're still testing and learning, right? So. Yeah. You know, we want it's what I would say is from a customer experience standpoint, it's easier to start lower and go higher versus sure. start higher and go lower. Yeah. Right. Because then, you know, if we pick the wrong number and drop, then every customer that booked early, you know, is going to be a little bit disappointed. Is there a limit on where you can take it right now or how many miles you can put uh, on in a day? We, so unlimited mileage, we give you a free hundred and I think a hundred miles a day. Uh, and then after that, it's about 35 cents a mile. Uh, you can take it anywhere in the US Wait, and so Canada. it's not unlimited? It's, yeah. I mean, you could drive it as much as you want. You get 100 free miles, right? Oh, so, God. Okay. So, yeah. yeah you, can, you can drive it as much as you want, but you have to pay. So, you get 100 exactly. miles a day. And if you go above that, you pay. It, so, if you were to exactly. take it for five days to LA and back, that's 300 miles. That's 600 miles. So, you would basically be 100 miles over for 35 cents. Which yeah. would be another thir incremental thirty-five bucks. Exactly. So exactly. not that much. So if you not did take much. it, you, you if you do an extra two hundred miles a day, you're up, you you go to three hundred miles, yeah, yeah, three hundred dollars yeah. a day. Yeah, exactly. But the idea so, would be you'd be driving somewhere and parking for three days, so you you then accumulate another three hundred miles. Yeah, for exactly. sitting there. Exactly. So like we give you two hundred miles the first day, a hundred miles every day thereafter. Oh, right. you do it by day, not the cumulative. Yeah, because, because basically for the first day, that way, if you just take it for one night, you get 100 miles on each end, uh, right? And then every day in between, you get 100. Got it, got uh, it. And then, yeah, anywhere US and Canada, you know, our insurance our current insurance policy doesn't allow us to go into Mexico yet. Uh, but obviously, we'd love to, you know, if you're in LA, the ability to drive it down to, you know, Baja would be amazing. How long does that take? I, somebody told me they drove down that and I was like, I'm not sure I want to drive down the Baja uh, Peninsula or not, but how you long would that take? I don't you know. You should talk to my co-founder. He like has driven from British Columbia down to Panama looking for surf spots. So really? he would be the guy to talk to about that. Well, I mean, I think that's where this van life thing started is you had all yeah. these, uh, you know, rock climbers, like the kid who does free solo. Um, exactly. He lives in a van. Alex Honnold? Yeah. Like he no, lives I, in a really raw conversion van. Yeah, mm. if I was like in my 20s and single, that yeah. is the lifestyle that I would want to be living right now, but I'm not in my 20s and singles and so in single so I need like a, a little more luxurious product. Uh so you'll know you're successful with this business when what happens. What what do you think, you know, for you personally you need to see in order to know that you've you figured this out? Oh, that's a really good question. Like, are there milestones you're thinking about for the first year or two that you want to hit? Uh, I mean, raising money was one and getting to 86% sold out. Those are good signs. Yeah. I mean, I like, that's a really good question. I just like, I'm so focused right now on like, like getting the experience done right that I haven't like mm. stopped to think about like, when do, when does this, like, when is good enough? And mm. like, when is enough enough? Uh, you know, I've always been kind of motivated by trying to make a mark on the world. And so I guess like, once we've achieved that, that yes. will be when we have achieved success. Yeah, I'll say 10,000. I'll, I'll say okay. you have 1,000. I think 1,000 would prove that this scales. 1,000 would be $100 oh, yeah. million dollars in cars on the road. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're talking like literal, just like business, yeah. Like I think 200 vans is when we start being self-sustaining, right? Oh, you can pay for the uh, executive team and all that. Exactly. 200 vans were self-sustaining. Great lifestyle business, right? Like a thousand, <laughs> five thousand, right? Like ten thousand vans. That's where I think like we start making a mark, right? Yeah, you'd be at ten million in revenue a year easily, and yeah, when yeah. Or when people like think about a cabana, they're thinking about a van instead of like a poolside. Yeah, you know, that would be great cabana. too. That is success, right? All right. Well, listen. Um, continued success. Thanks for including us in the journey. It's a privilege to be able to uh, be a shareholder in the company. And uh, are you hiring now? Are there any positions you're hiring for? We are. Uh, we're hiring for uh, engineering talent, so Got to it. help us build awesome. up the tech platform. Yeah. And can so. they be a- anywhere? Can they live in a van? Yeah, and we are, They can live in a van down by a river. Uh, yeah. They can live wherever they want. Great. So if you're uh, a developer, you know what to do. Uh, first name at Cabana dot. Wait, what's the URL again? Cabana.life. Yep, Scott like at Cabana.life. There you go, Scott at Cabana.life. Thanks for including us in the journey and continued success. And uh, yeah, I would like to get one of these. If you can get me one, I'd like to buy one. But I'm going to wait for the family one because I, I, I okay. don't want to take the kids. But when you get the family one, just put me down for one, okay? Will do. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, continue later. success, Scott, and everybody who Thanks. wants to work at a super dope company that's in the seed stage and get some of that yum yum founder early stage equity. <laughs> Now's the time, people. Get on the journey, and uh, you get ten free nights of uh, staying in a cabana if you uh, take the job. <laughs> Is that okay as a signing bonus? Ten free Absolutely. cabana nights. Absolutely. You get ten nights as a cabana bonus, and if you refer the person, you also get five free nights. A five <laughs> night referral. Sure. Absolutely. Bucks. There you go. Use the promo code Jason. You get free espresso. <laughs> now, but you put you put it, you put one of those pod coffee machines in too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally like everything you get in a hotel. We've got. You know what I notice is the more expensive the hotel I stay in, and Scott, I'm very successful now. You know, I stay in very <laughs> expensive hotels. You understand? Uh huh. And I used to be on a budget. Yeah. And this is the thing that's making me crazy. When I was on a budget, I would stay at uh, extended stay hotels mm-hmm. because you would get a suite. Yep. And you get a kitchen and you get a coffee machine and you get coffee and mm-hmm. you could make some eggs and you got free Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. And then I start staying at like these expensive hotels. No coffee. I stay at the Beekman Hotel and they, I asked them to put a coffee machine in the room. We don't do that. I'm like, I'm spending $600 a night staying at the Beekman in New York. I'm like, I'm coming. I'm staying for 10 days. I'm giving <laughs> you $6,000. Put a goddamn coffee machine in the thing. We can't do that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay in another hotel. If you don't put a coffee machine in my room. And they're like, sorry, sir. I'm like, did you look at my account? The last three times I stayed there, I ate in the restaurant every night. Like, are you guys stupid? And like the Beekman Hotel was so stupid. They lost my business. And I just, I was like, I could order. They charge $40 to deliver coffee to the room every morning. And I was like, I could literally buy a one-touch machine and throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Instead of ordering your class of problems than I do. Making me crazy, and then they charge you for the Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. wait a second, I'm paying you four hundred, five hundred dollars a night for a room at the Beekman Hotel. It's a great, dope hotel downtown. You're going to charge me for the Wi-Fi? So God, this is like our Airbnb it. had a twenty-five hundred dollar espresso maker in it and rat droppings. I just could not figure it out. It had the Jura, it had the Jura machine. Uh, I don't even know what yeah, the name is. My wife looked it up. Yeah, listen, we ran an Airbnb for a little bit. We tested it, and um. Yeah, it's hard to run an Airbnb. Uh, you ba- basically, every 10th customer wants to throw a party. So you're basically, 
the, your entire life is telling people five times, you cannot have a party here. Yeah. There's a camera right in the driveway. And if you hit 10 people, we see it and we will send you a note and the cops will show up because it's in a town where the neighbors call yeah. the cops. And still people would throw a party. So what I have found is like with this Airbnb, I would say a year and a half ago, I would have just like suffered through it and not, mm. not been that bothered. But yeah. actually now being in the hospitality industry, yes, every single part of it was irritating to me, like <laughs> down to like the cheap hand soap that they were giving us. You, I mean, you basically, you know, Airbnb is you have to read the reviews. Mm -hmm. Don't stay at somewhere without a review. It's, yep. it's like using Yelp. You have to really know how to use that tool to make sure yep. you're getting a good place. Um, and you can just tell by looking at how many reviews they have. Um, yep. Once you and get this, past like 10 good reviews, it's not a fluke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, I think, was like brand new, no reviews. And so, never like, stay at no reviews. I know, but it was like actually that. I'm uh, team 10 reviews. Companies. Really? That's team a, 10 that's, reviews. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like VRB or Airbnb because I like to rent a house. Yeah. Like when I go to Hawaii or I go to, you know, Malibu, mm -hmm. I like to rent a beach house, right? Yeah. And that's where the inventory is. And when you rent a house like that, you just got to look at the, yeah. the reviews and you'll get a pretty good idea. Well, lesson learned. Lesson learned. Next time, just take one of your goddamn vans and. Well, you know, I was with my. So the problem was, I was with my parents, and I have a toddler, and I only have a two-passenger van. Ah, this is like the it. most tragic part of this company. It's like, yeah. it's going to be a year before I can actually use our product with my family. I think that's why I was asking. I think when you get the family thing dialed in, I and I think kids oh, love yeah. a road trip. So I've been talking yeah. to people, and my friend Sandeep, who's an investor in the company who works at mm -hmm. Ford X. Um, Sandeep Madra, uh, who's also an investor, and he went on a road trip this summer, and uh, he had a great experience. And I think my kids are obsessed with these, you know, RVs and stuff like that. It's yeah. like their dream to go on a trip. So I want to make that dream come true for everybody. And that's why we're very proud investors in Cabana.life. If you need more money, um, I think we were oversubscribed. People really want to invest in we this were. company. So let's uh, let me know when you want to do the next round. Maybe I'll maybe I'll chip off another milli, and we can excellent. Uh, Chip off another milli when you're ready. Let's keep Will that do. growth. You have yeah, to basically yeah. show 3x growth year over year. You can do yeah. that, right? Yeah, I think so. Or if you're growing 20% so, month over month, it's like this business yeah. is very fundable. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's, I think, like, let's talk once we launch a couple California markets. That's going to be the magic, man. When you can yeah. take this and drive from, I know for me, I drive my own Teslas down from San Francisco to mm -hmm. LA. I don't like to, I don't like to, um, fly with the kids and everything it's just easier yeah. to drive yeah you pack up and you have your car down there but if i could pick up yeah. one of these yeah that the kids could stay in and we could drive that mm -hmm. and then we'd have when we park at our airbnb we also have the rooms from this then i could invite more yeah. people to come stay with us oh yeah. my lord that's going to be the big one i can't wait for the 300 dollars one and then being able to hand it off to you when you get to a certain yeah. city that's yeah. going to be dope uh, all right man great cool. job and uh stay safe and Thanks, you if too. you're looking for a gig Cabana.live. All right, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.